In the past here on Locked on Kings, after bad losses or overall general low points for Kings fans, I've chosen humor, comedy skits, optimism as a way to try and get us through. Well, tonight, if I were to do that, it would one, be disingenuous because I don't feel like that at all. And two, it wouldn't be right at all considering it feels like we are going to see a man lose his job. I'm, of course, talking about Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton, who was reportedly on the hot seat after the Kings' poor showing uh, during their one and three, four game road trip. They return home and they completely, you know what, the bed against a Toronto Raptors team, which is arguably their most winnable game over this upcoming stretch. The Kings get blown out at home. They get absolutely embarrassed. The Boo Birds were out in full force, including Fire Walton chance. At the Golden One Center, I don't know if we're going to see Luke Walton on the bench coaching the Kings for tomorrow night's game against the Utah Jazz. But what I do know is that this Kings team has serious problems. This season is already at risk of completely falling apart and being lost before it really ever got going. And in addition to that, Kings fans who are of the most, if not the most loyal fan base in all of the NBA, maybe in all of professional sports, they're starting to not show up at games anymore. That's worth noting. We'll talk about it all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. Been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly with uh, Sports 1140 KHDK Radio here in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And I really do think that tonight was the final final nail in the coffin for Luke Walton. Now, maybe the Kings wait for what will more than likely be a loss tomorrow, Saturday night, at the hands of the Utah Jazz. Already the third meeting between the Kings uh, and the Jazz this season. And I've said before, I think the Kings, their best overall performance so far this season was their loss to Utah the first time they played, which was the home opener, game two of the season. Kings looked really, really, really good in that game, just fell apart a bit in the fourth quarter. A better team beat you in the fourth. That's understandable. But the Kings have not looked anywhere remotely close to that since. Anywhere close. And 
maybe you, I certainly bought in. A lot of people bought into this Kings team looking different, playing different. They go undefeated during a, during preseason. I know that doesn't mean anything, but there's at least a little bit of optimism from that. They start the season through the first nine games, having a very difficult schedule. They start five and four, arguably could have been six and three uh, or seven and two. Regardless, this team looks better. Defensively, they're playing better. Offensively, they're getting a really good performances out of a majority of guys, even if, De'Aaron Fox is struggling. The Kings are in every single game and have an above 500 record. Since that point, it's been nothing but a plummet. The Kings now 6-10 and 10 on the season. And as I've said before here on Locked on Kings, as I talked about a lot, a lot on the last offseason, the, the barometer for uh, how we judge the Kings this season was simply wins and losses. Nothing else, no other uh, caveats, no other grades on a curve, nothing like, oh, a young team developing together or a core starting to form or all that nonsense. No, this season was always going to be about wins and losses. And if the wins weren't there, the jobs were going to become available, especially Luke Walton's job as head coach. Now, I spent a lot of time already this week talking about whether or not firing Luke Walton is the right decision. I've shared that I don't feel that it's going to really change much, at least short term, uh, and that hasn't changed. But watching this game, even if the Kings players have said that they have Luke Walton's back, even if they've said that they haven't quit on him, which of course they would never say otherwise. Even if their body language and the way they interact together shows that they get along, that they believe in one another. How the Sacramento Kings play is a completely different story. And I'm not saying that the Kings players just play like they've given up on Luke Walton and don't have his back. I'm saying the Kings play like they don't have direction, which is on Luke Walton, and slash or they aren't incapable of executing basic fundamental basketball plays, sets, defense, offense, doesn't matter. This Kings team looks incapable of executing anything basketball 101. This Kings team is the epitome of low basketball IQ. We know this team has a lot of really, really smart players incapable of making the right plays. And every single game, it seems, there's another problem. When one issue is corrected, another arises. If it's not rebounding, then it's turnovers. If it's not turnovers, then it's free throw shooting. If it's not free throw shooting, then it's three-point shooting. If it's not offense, then it's defense. If it's not defense, then it's offense. It's always something with this Kings team. Which, to me, says two things. One, this Kings team is not nearly as good as we thought it was, and Monty McNair has a ton of holes that he still needs to patch up on this roster. And two, this team isn't very well coached. But even if they were well coached, is this roster capable of taking what a coach can do, how a coach can implement their vision, their plays, their tactics, and actually carry them out on the floor? If Greg Popovich walks through that door, if Rick Adelman walks back through that door, if any legendary coach gets on that bench and says, here is the foolproof game plan, are these players capable of executing it? I would say they should be. They're all good enough to make it in the NBA. They're all smart enough to understand how to play basic fundamental basketball. So why have they been unable to do it with Luke Walton? Is it Luke? 
Is it them? Is it a combination? Regardless, something does have to change. Even this early in the season, even with this team being just four games under 500, you're at risk of losing the season completely. You're at risk of everything falling apart. Now, technically, the Kings are still hovering right around that that play-in spot in the Western Conference, but that doesn't matter to me. Even if the Kings somehow scratch and claw their way to a a 10th seed, under 500, you can't tell me that this team's going to win two games to actually make it to the playoffs. And honestly, I'd take this team making it to the playoffs and being swept in the first round. I don't give a damn about that. I don't, that's, that's a pipe dream for this team at this point. So you need to change something to change that. It's not just about making the plane. It's about making the plane with a group that actually looks like they belong there. The play-in tournament last season, the play-in games in the Western Conference were really good, really competitive. The Kings don't look like they belong. The Kings look like they belong in the cellar with the Houston Rockets. And I would say the Oklahoma City Thunder and San Antonio Spurs, but those two teams just kicked the Kings' asses recently. That's where the Kings look like they belong. Eye test and stats say that. After being embarrassed on a one and three road trip, after Tristan Thompson speaks up and tries to fire up this this team says the right thing, says this team needs to be ready to go on this homestand, that these next games are going to be important. How do the Kings respond? They play well in the first quarter and then completely forget how to play basketball. Credit to Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors. They make adjustments that the Kings weren't able to hang with. That's a Luke Walton problem. Very much so a Luke Walton problem. And maybe getting Luke Walton out and bringing a new head coach, maybe those adjustments aren't so drastically one-sided favoring the Kings opponent every single game. Sure, I can buy that. But it's not just adjustments with this team. Because you and I, watching the game, can see what's changed. Can see a team get more physical. Or see a team uh, use more pick and rolls. Or just slightly change their defense. Go to a zone. And these players who have played basketball, studied basketball their entire lives so much so that they're making millions upon millions of dollars playing in the most, uh, uh, playing in the best basketball league, period. The toughest league to get into. Couldn't think of the word. That, these guys can't figure it out. Is that on the coach? Or is that on the players? I think Luke Walton's gone. And it's a real shame because I like Luke Walton. Not necessarily as a head coach. I like Luke Walton as a person. So do all those players. I like Luke Walton as a person from what I understand of him, the interactions that I've had with him. I think Luke Walton is a better coach than what he has shown. I think Luke Walton is a better coach than people give him credit for. He's a better leader than what people give him credit for. But even that may not be near good enough at the NBA level. I'm willing to admit that. I'm willing to, I understand that completely. Here's my thing though. And I've talked about this before. I'm just going to present it again. It's not even an argument for keeping Luke Walton at this point because I I think the man's gone. I don't think he sees it through this weekend. Unless the Kings, if he's a head coach of the Kings tomorrow against the Jazz, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be a little bit surprised. But unless the Kings come out and just blow the Jazz out of the water and completely shock us all, I don't think Luke Walton makes it past this weekend. But even so, not an argument for keeping Walton, just fact here. If Luke Walton is fired, 
the Kings will be looking for their 11th head coach since Rick Adelman was fired in 2006. That was also the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs. So in 15 seasons of the Kings missing the playoffs, they will now be on coach number 11. I've talked about this being a a revolving door of coaches here in Sacramento. It's been a revolving door of talent too. Hell, general managers now. Even ownership has changed. This team, this organization, is built upon a foundation of inconsistency and a losing culture. And they've been trying to change that time and time and time again. And they failed time and time again. And I think part of that failure has to do with not sticking with a coach. Now, Luke Walton's in his third season. He's had two extremely irregular, abnormal seasons with COVID-19 the last two years, plus shortened training camps and all the other excuses we want to lump in. I understand that's not good enough for fans anymore. I, I get it. I'm not making an excuse for him. To this point, Luke Walton has had a very strange tenure here in Sacramento. He might be a problem. He's not the problem. But if the Kings want to move on from him, if fans want the Kings to move on from him, okay, all right. All I'm saying is you're not going to find me putting money on this 11th coach working out. Continuation of a pattern for me. Banging your head against the same brick wall and expecting a different result, expecting to break through. Okay, there are potentially good coaches out there. All right. Bring him here to Sacramento. See if he wants this job to begin with. If he or she does, good luck to him. Tell me why it's going to be different. The only, I guess, solace that Kings fans have is putting a lot of hope in Monty McNair because this will be McNair's first hire as a general manager, first head coach hire as a general manager. I'm getting ahead of myself because Luke Walton is still here. But for how long? It feels like borrowed time at this point. You're going to hear from Luke Walton at the end of this podcast here today. And some of you who are watching on YouTube, you're going to see his body language. Those of you listening, you're not going to see his body language. He's saying things as if he's expecting to be around. But his body language suggests maybe a little bit of defeat. Or at least that's how I interpret it. I could be very wrong. But we're not just going to talk about Luke Walton. We're going to talk about Kings fans and not in a negative way. There is something happening that doesn't really happen in Sacramento. And when it does, you need to pay attention to it. I'll get to that in just a second. Before that, though, wanted to let you know today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive that bonus. From basketball to football, baseball, NHL, boxing, soccer, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Through all of the garbage, all of the crap that has been Sacramento Kings basketball for the last decade and a half, 
for the most part, one thing has remained consistent. And that's the loyalty and the attendance of Sacramento Kings fans. Now, there were times towards the end of the Maloof era, really before the whole relocation and here we stay movement began, that Arco Arena, then Power Balance Pavilion turned Sleep Train Arena, looked pretty empty. That was when the Kings were as bad as they've possibly been. Like we're talking worst record in the NBA and yet still didn't get a number one overall pick. They got number four, which ended up being Tyreek Evans. We're talking about those days, those dog days during this playoff drought where the Kings were absolutely the worst team in the NBA. I understand fans not showing up at that point in time. But since the Golden One Center is open, since Vivek came in and and purchased the Kings and kept them here in Sacramento, since the Maloofs threatened to leave, those seats have been full, if not damn close to full capacity. There are a lot of things that you can say negatively about the Sacramento Kings organization. The thing you absolutely cannot point out as a negative is the fan base. This fan base is supportive, unlike any other fan base in professional sports. And they've been that way for a long time. So much so that I have people tell me all the time who cover other teams, good teams, teams that are perennial playoff teams, that their atmospheres aren't like the atmosphere in Sacramento. I've had multiple different journalists, broadcasters, and friends Tell me that. This King's atmosphere is iconic. King's fandom is iconic. It's what makes Sacramento special. So when that crowd isn't there, when that passion, when that support starts to wane, you know there's something wrong. This season, attendance has not been good. This was a Friday night game against the Toronto Raptors And the Golden One Center was virtually empty. Maybe at 50% capacity. Maybe. And I don't look at attendance numbers because those are inflated. I look at eye tests and I did not go to the game. I was watching on TV. I got plenty of pictures sent to me from people at the game. And I could even tell watching on TV that building was empty. Now you could say, oh, there's a lot of factors for that, Matt. You could, it's COVID-19. Some people aren't, aren't comfortable leaving the house or you have to wear a mask while you're there or you have to be vaccinated or have a negative test to show up. I get all that. It's pretty common around the rest of the league too. They're not having an attendance problem. There are a lot of reasons for why Kings fans don't want to show up or shouldn't want to show up. But that's not the point of this conversation because I'm not defending them. They're justified. To me, that is a clear indicator of what's wrong with this organization right now. The most loyal fan base in all of professional sports is saying, I'm good. The one show in town that this community, this city Really, most of Northern California outside of the Bay Area has always tried to support and rally around. They're saying, nah, I'm all right. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to save my Friday night and do something more fun. It's a combination of things. Ticket prices may be way too high. I'm fortunate enough to where I don't have to pay to go to games. I buy tickets every once in a while for my family to go and my friends to go. And yeah, I understand steep prices, but... I'm not going to complain about that. I have really no room to speak on that. 
but I, and I've seen people bring that up, but I can speak to the product on the floor and I can speak to fans being savvy of organizational management decisions that have gotten us here. Kings fans are smart in the day of modern journalism, modern technology, Fans are aware of what's going on behind the scenes to some extent. We don't know everything, but to some extent, we're aware of what's going on behind the scenes. And to me, fans now starting to not show up to games at the Golden One Center to support the Sacramento Kings, that falls heaviest on ownership. And it hurts them too because Kings ownership is still trying to recover from the millions upon millions upon millions that they lost during COVID-19. There were affordable tickets from what I saw to tonight's game, a Friday night inside the Golden One Center. Kings fans said no. Kings fans said, I good. I'm good. I don't want to support that. That to me is very telling. Very, very telling. You know what's also pretty telling is that, and I talked about this before, we know that defense was a problem for this Kings team. I mean, last season they were the second worst NBA defense of all time. Like very, very bad. We know defense has been a problem for this team. We also know it's been a focus on this team to get better defensively. Offensively, we've been told this team is good. They're fine. They're covered in offensive weapons. Hell, I said the same thing to you here multiple times on the podcast coming into this season and early on in this season. The offense will figure itself out. The offense is the primary strength of this team. Does does what you've seen from the Sacramento Kings offense for the majority of this season suggest that that is a primary strength? Does it? Statistically, they may say they're in the top half of the league. Watch them play. Watch De'Aaron Fox float around the perimeter, not really knowing what to do when Tyrese Halliburton has the ball or anybody else has the ball in half-court offensive sets. Watch the Kings offense break down after a basic pick and roll if that doesn't work. Or watch it break down if a team switches to a basic zone or guards with any sort of physicality and communication. Teams broke in on both ends of the floor. Defense in this game against the Raptors was absolutely terrible. Offense, not even close to good either. Kings got a lot of issues. Maybe it's coaching one, player personnel two, holes in the roster three, fans not showing up four, offense and defense five and six. And you can sprinkle in rebounding and sprinkle in free throw shooting and everything else you want on top of this gigantic crap cake. That's where the Kings are at right now. You're going to hear from Luke Walton for potentially the last time here coming up next. And give Toronto credit. They lost three in a row. We knew they were going to come in and be physical. And, you know, the disappointing part to me is like we started the game ready to play. You know, we had a 20, we had a six point lead with a minute and a half to go in the first quarter. And for some reason, in that last minute and a half, they go on, they go up a nine over run. They're, they're, they're up three at the end of one instead of us being up seven, eight, nine. Finish the finish possessions, finish with rebounds, finish quarters. Um, and then from that point on, they just they 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 pushed us around and we didn't really give ourselves a chance after that. And again, I give them a, a lot of credit. They um they played desperate and for some reason we did not. Uh, and that's unfortunate. And we got another really tough team coming in tomorrow, uh, you know, waiting for us on, on the back end of this back-to-back. So, um, yeah, that's 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 really uh, that's really frustrating uh, that we you know we came home and that was our first home game. 
performance tonight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard the fans tonight, not only booing, but you know the rest of it. Just where are you at with this team? What do you think this struggle is? Because you guys do have talent, you do have depth, and it just seems like you've lost your way somewhere along the way. Yeah, uh, we, you know, it's it's tough because you know, uh, uh, you know, here and there, and the the whole thing could be looking different. I know we're early into the season, uh, relatively still right now. Um, but we have to, you know, we got to weather this storm, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's it's frustrating. It's hard right now, but uh, we'll figure it out. Hey, Coach Terry's talked about how there's um, a sense of, sense of urgency that's being talked about, but not performed on the floor. Do you, you see that too? Well, I saw I, again. I it's I thought we started the game right with a sense of urgency. We were ready to go. We were following the game plan. We were aggressive. We were in the fight. And then for whatever reason, as the game goes, then that sense of urgency, we 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 let off. And, you know, this is, this is the NBA. You can't let up in this league. And when we let up, you know, now, then now these guys are all – everyone's making shots for them. They feel comfortable. So um, – I know, yeah, I know what he says, and 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 it it to me it wasn't it wasn't to start, but it it slowly went away as the game went on, and we really didn't give ourselves a chance from that point on. Uh, Luke Tyrese also said that every game right now feels like a must win. Um, he and and others have been very vocal and, and outspoken in their support for you. Does it, you know, the way the stuff that's swirling around right now, do you feel like it's putting undue pressure on them? Yeah, it always does. Look, it's hard to win in this league anyway. That's why we always talk about controlling what we can control. And, you know, I appreciate their support, but I don't want them even having to think about that. So, um, I, you know, I know the reality of what this league is, but we need our guys focused on what we're trying to accomplish out there. And, you know, that's... You know, that's why it's important that we that we're always, you know, staying locked in as as a group and doing our best not to let anything from the outside come in because it just makes things more challenging. So, uh, you know, we'll continue to preach that same message, but we got to be focused, locked in on on uh, on Utah now and playing much better tomorrow. Just one question, Uh, Coach Walden started at the quarter. For the keys, uh, this what happened? I mean, you saw Pascal come out and do that. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he hit threes and you know a step back jump, uh, eighteen footer. Give the kid, give give him credit. But to me, that that starts with the rhythm he got in earlier in the game because he got uh, you know a comfort level. We knew he against Utah the night before. He was like three for fifteen or something like that. He's a good player. He's coming in tonight to get some. And, uh, you know, we have, we have to do a better job to, to, to make that harder on him. And he got, a, he got a rhythm early, and we didn't, you know, from that point on, we, we couldn't turn off his water. A little bit on that third quarter, too. What was the message to them at halftime coming into that quarter? One play at a time. You don't get it back. You don't get 18 back in, in one possession. Start with a stop. Take it from there, one possession at a time, uh, was our message coming out of out of halftime. 
Hey, Luke, you talked about that fading effort that we saw in the first quarter. How much of it do you feel like has to do with Toronto changing and and um, kind of altering their game plan and that making you guys uncomfortable compared to just a lack of effort from your guys in discipline? No, we, we knew they were going to do that, right? So that's the challenge going into it. Um, we knew they were going to get into us, which means we got to set harder screens. We got to cut harder. We got to finish. We got to back cut. Like we, these are all things that we we know we have to do against this type of defense, and we did a, a, a good job early on. And then uh, again, for some reason, we uh, we we let that take us out of what we were trying to do. And then they started hitting shots, and we started missing shots, and uh, it just you know it steamrolled from there. I don't know if that's the last we've heard of Luke Walton. If it is, I will say from my interactions with him in in person, in uh, personal just conversations, in press conferences, they've always been good. I like Luke Walton. I'm sad to see him go if he does go. But it, it would make sense for this to be the time. And he's going to be fine. He'll probably end up as an assistant coach somewhere. And he deserves to still be in the league. But I think his days as a head coach, if it is truly over here in Sacramento, his days as a head coach are done. And that's a shame. But this league is a results league. He hasn't gotten results. And I will say this to, to put the final nail in the coffin. If Luke Walton gets fired, it might be justified. But the way these Sacramento Kings players have been playing, they do not deserve one guy to take the fall for them. It's the best way that I can put it. Luke Walton might be fired and rightfully so, but these players do not deserve to have one man take the fall for their obvious failure. Just so happens that it's easier to get rid of a coach than it is to change a roster. I'm ready for your thoughts. Send them to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. You can email me uh, mattgeorgesports at gmail.com uh, and feel free to leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. If something happens, of course, we'll talk about it here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I'll do a post-game podcast for sure after the Utah game. If Luke Walton is fired before that, I'm sure I'll do a short emergency podcast or something before that. So keep an eye and ear out for that. Until next time, thank you so much for your support. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings part of the Locked On Podcast Network.